0: Well, thank you again for that singing, Wilshire. We appreciate you here and giving us your voices. It doesn't say you have to sound pretty. It just says make a joyful noise. So everybody sing out. That's what I want. And we have some beautiful voices in this congregation. Well, if you're here, you solve the Wilshire Road Maze Puzzle. And your prize is uh, you get to be with all of us. In fact, as Jeremy pointed out um, in his communion talk, we are here with Jesus. He solved the puzzle, too. He found his way to be with us today. And it's good to be together. It's good to get strength from each other's presence. So thanks to each one of you for for being here to encourage me and and to encourage one another. Today is a day where we remember mothers. And I started last week talking about Mary and her mother's love for her son, Jesus. And this series is about the hard work of love. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He didn't even hesitate. He says, "It's love God. That's what's great. That's, that's what human beings are for, It's to love God. He said, but the second one is just about like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. His disciple John later says, you know, you can say you love God, but if you don't love his people, you don't love God either. You can actually see his people. They actually have needs that you need to serve. And if you want to show your love for God, you show it by being a loving person to the people around you. Love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what we're here for. And this series that we're in about the hard work of love. Everybody can do the easy part of love, the fun part of love. You can hardly stop yourself from doing that part of love. It's it's a drive, and, and, and it pulls you. But there are times when love gets hard. And to be like God is to grow up to the point where you can do the hard stuff that love asks you to do. So today, since it's Mother's Day, I wanted to tell a story about a woman and her adopted mother. It's a story of Ruth. It's not really a story about the mother's love, although there is some of that in evidence. It's a story about the daughter-in-law's love for her mother-in-law, for her adopted mother. And let me tell you something. This is a story about hard love. Love that does the hard work required. So here's the setup. If you have your study sheet, you can see a lot of these scriptures there. But if you don't, just turn in your Bible to the little book of Ruth. It's only four chapters long. You can finish reading it before I finish my sermon, I guarantee. But you should probably listen. Uh, I worked on this. I want you to hear what I say. Um, a little story of Ruth, we tuck it in in our modern um, translations. We tuck it in uh, right after Judges because it comes during that period. But the oldest way of ordering the uh, what we call the Old Testament, the Bible of the Hebrews, uh, Ruth is in the third group. We, you've got the Torah, the first five books. You've got the Prophets what we call the history books and then the actual prophet books. Uh, And then you have this third group called the writings. And the story of Esther is in there, and Daniel's in there, and and Ruth is in there. Because it's a story that was fundamental to Israel's identity. Who are we? It's a story about how we got our greatest king, David, and 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 therefore how we got the king that gave us the promise that one day somehow some way we can't imagine how god's going to restore the fallen tent of david and bring back an anointed one a christ to 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 gather in those of his people that have been lost and to bring in whole new people from all the nations to be god's people the story of ruth is 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 preserved because it's part of that big story, the story of the line of David. But it starts with bitterness. It starts with sadness. The story is that Naomi is married to this man, uh, elimelech, and he says, to make a living to, to escape from hardship and famine, he, he goes over to a foreign country and takes his wife with him and their two sons. And they try to make a living in Moab, but there in Moab, things don't go well. Elimelech passes away. The two sons of Naomi, they take wives among the Moabites, which is not something that the, the Jews particularly liked. They marry Moabite women, and then the two sons die. And there's Naomi in a foreign land with all of her blood relatives, all of the people that she has a connection to gone. She is an aging widow. And all she has are these two foreign daughters-in-law. And at one point she says, I. I can't believe that the hand of the Lord has been bitter against me. And she tells the daughters-in-law, and it's there on the study sheet, Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. You're young. You still have a shot. I'm old. I'm not going to have a chance to have another husband. You still got a chance. Go back to your own people, to your own family, and see if you can be married again and have children. That's her advice to them. Why should you come with me? Naomi says, I'm going to go back to my own people. In the town of Bethlehem, that's where I'm from, I I own a little piece of property there. Not that I can farm it, not that I can do anything with it. It, There's a big debt on it that my husband left me. But I'm going to go back there and hopefully I can find something, but you don't need to come. And one of the daughters-in-law says, yeah, you're right, I'm going to go back to my family I'm going to see if I can find a husband among my own people. But the other daughter-in-law, big surprise, it's the one for whom the book is named, Ruth. You saw that coming. She gives what is probably the most famous declaration of faithful love in the world. If you've been to a wedding... You've probably heard what Ruth says here. We have husbands and wives say it to each other at weddings sometimes. I've heard it go both ways. A wife say it to a husband, a husband say it to a wife. Because she says, if you're there, when when Naomi says, you go, go back. Verse 16, Ruth said... Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you, for wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. I got a little choked up reading that. Yodi said that to me at our wedding. and I I presided over many weddings where that's said. And and it's a beautiful statement, but it's a statement of one of the harder aspects of love. It's a statement of faithful love. Ruth shows us that love is tough enough to be faithful through both good and bad. That's what that statement is about. She came into Naomi's family when Naomi was a person who was living up to her name. Naomi means pleasant. And and Naomi's family was pleasant, two strong sons, a husband. And Ruth has been there during that time, and now Naomi is a different woman. In fact, when she gets back to Bethlehem, if you've got your Bibles, look at verse 19. When she gets back to her own people, she's been gone for a long time. And the two women went until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? That pleasant woman who left us years ago, can this be Naomi? Don't call me pleasant. Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me bitter, Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life bitter. Ruth came into this family during a good time. And the test was, when things go bad, will you be faithful? It's actually a remarkable choice that Ruth is making. It's not a very logical choice. It's not a choice that It's easy for people in our culture to even understand. Our culture is much more likely to say, you know, you've got to look out for yourself first if you're going to have the resources to take care of anybody else. And Ruth has done the opposite here. Her heart, for some reason, is drawn to this woman who needs her. And she has said, I'm going to be wherever you are, good or bad, I'm going to be there. What that means is she's giving up her own chance to go back and marry and have kids that'll take care of her when she's old. She's going to grow old taking care of this old woman. Who's who's bitter? Who's sad? And Ruth's going to give up her youth to do that. And then and she's going to be poor. It looks like cuz they have no no connections. So a life of poverty and service, that's what she's saying, I'm willing to do. That is faithful love, whether it's good or bad. Our culture really tells us a different story about love. Our culture says, yeah, you love people when they're pleasant, when they stop being pleasant, Out the door they go. You don't need that kind of toxicity in your life. Get rid of them. And sometimes that's true for certain relationships. But not all relationships are disposable. Love requires faithfulness. And it says, yeah, things used to be good. They're not good right now. It doesn't matter. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Now, this little story of Ruth functions on a lot of different levels. There's a lot, you can read it a lot of different ways. One of the levels that it functions on is to remind us what God's doing for Israel. Because God's love is faithful when Israel's doing great and is a pleasant people. But God's love is also faithful when Israel is bitter and rebellious and hurtful to him. And here we have somebody who's not part of Israel, a Moabite, who comes in and she displays to this Israelite mother-in-law love that resembles the love of God. It's what you as a human being, you were built for. Moabites were built for that. Israelites were built for that. Egyptians were built. Everybody's built to, to learn to love the way God loves. And here's Ruth beginning to do that. To take care of her adopted mother whether things are going well whether things are going poorly so that's our lesson about love i just i have to tell you the rest of the story it's a short little story and we'll draw a couple of other conclusions out of it in chapter 2 if you've got your bibles you can look over these women are poor they have to make a living and so Ruth says, I'm, I'm going to go out and glean in the fields. And she goes to glean, if you look at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2, she goes to glean in the fields of Boaz. And, and the workers, they're a bunch of men. The women are vulnerable. The women are, could easily be taken advantage of in a number of ways, could easily be abused. The workers don't do that in Boaz's field. And soon enough, Boaz comes back, and he greets all the gleaners that are there. Gleaning just means when the harvesters go through and and gather up the grain that's been grown, if anything falls out in that process, the law says you can't reach down and pick it back up. You leave it there because poor people are going to come and glean those pieces that fall during the harvesting process. And you can't go all the way to the very tippy point of the corners either. Don't don't do that. Let the poor people come. and, and, And through their labor, gain a little food for themselves and take care of themselves. Don't be so greedy to squeeze out every last ounce of profit that you forget. God loves all of his people. Prosperous and poor. And so Ruth is taking advantage of that part of the law of Moses. She's going to glean. And Boaz comes back and gives a greeting to all the gleaners. And they greet him back he's the master, he's the big guy. And after they've gone, he starts asking questions. Who was that girl about Ruth? And he gets the story of her. She's, she's kind of known in the village as this Moabite woman who came back against all odds and maybe against all reason to take care of her Jewish mother-in-law. And she's been out here working hard. She worked all day. She didn't even hardly take a break. She took one break, they said. She works hard. And Boaz eventually approaches Ruth and says, don't go to anybody else's field. You work here, my field. My guys are going to make sure you're, you're looked out for. And in fact, if you get thirsty, just come and drink their water. They won't say a word to you. And then he told his guys, look, if Ruth's in the field, be a little sloppy with the harvesting. He says that. I mean, he doesn't say it in those words, but he said, be a little sloppy. Make sure a few things fall out. So Ruth has a little extra to pick up. That's how she's, that's how she's feeding herself and her mother-in-law. Do that. He says to Ruth... Do those things, don't go to anybody else's field if you look down in verse 8 of chapter 2. And she asks him in verse 10, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? And Boaz replies, I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of her husband, of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you have not known before. May the Lord, may Yahweh repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded by Yahweh, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Boaz says, here's why you found favor in my sight. I mean, she's beautiful, and he's noticed that as a man. But he says, here's why you found favor in my sight, because I see what you are doing for somebody you could have easily abandoned. See, this is the other thing about faithful love I want you to notice today. Faithful love cannot be faked. You can fake certain kinds of love. You can, you can say to people, oh, I love you. You can send them little cards. You're the best. But faithful love Love that sticks when things are hard. Love that sticks when you're hard. And people stick by you anyway, in spite of you being kind of bitter to be around. You can't fake that. People knew Naomi. They knew how her personality had changed. Faithful love can't be faked. And people notice. People see your faithfulness, and pay attention to it. Boaz says, you've come to shelter under the wings of Yahweh, the God of Israel, and may he bless you. Like I said, the story of Ruth functions on many levels. That's, this is another one of the levels that's operating here. Ruth is a foreigner. The Moabites were people that had conflict with Israel repeatedly. During the time of the judges, they became an oppressing nation for part of the time. A judge has to be raised up to to set the Israelites free from the Moabites. The Moabites were kind of a problem sometimes. This woman might be viewed as... Somebody to discard. She's an alien. That means she's a minority. We can do whatever we want with her. We don't have to treat her even as a full human being if we don't want to. And Boaz says, but you, look at what you've done. People notice. And behind that, God notices. God is blessing Ruth in this whole situation. Naomi says that at one point, God has turned back towards me, no longer bitter anymore. God is doing this whole thing with Israel to raise up his covenant people. And through his covenant people, he's going to bless the whole world through Jesus Christ, ultimately. And his plan is that every human being get back on track to learn to love the way he loves. To Learn to love him and to love each other. And here's a foreigner, an alien, somebody who's cut off and way in the distance from God's covenant people. And the story of Ruth is about how those things, those alienating items don't have to keep you away from God. God is able to bring in even the outsiders. One of the reasons why Ruth is in our Bible is to remind us of that story. People notice faithful love. Can't be faked. God notices it too. Third little item. This is the Mother's Day portion. Ruth takes dating advice from her adopted mother in chapter 3. When I was a little kid, there was a TV show called Father Knows Best. And uh, since that show aired, a lot of jokes have been made about that. Many of the jokes involve the fact, yeah, really? Really? It's mother who knows best. (laughs) And in this case, mother-in-law does know best. She tells Ruth to do something that's kind of, well, borderline inappropriate. Says, look, the guys are going to be finished with their harvesting, and that's kind of a party time for them. They're going to be over at the threshing floor. Most women aren't going to show up there. Respectable women aren't. You need to go. You need to watch where he lies down. You need to go and lay at his feet. And she does that. She dresses up. She cleans up. And she goes and does that. And he is absolutely thrilled. He said, you could have picked young people. You could have picked a young guy. But you picked me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He says, we're going to fix this. She goes back to Naomi. She tells everything that happened. And Naomi says, oh, you've got him, honey. She doesn't say those words. (laughs) But she does say, look, he's not going to let this rest. He's going to fix this. He's going to get this done. And she's right. Naomi knows what's going on. So, That's the third lesson, that's the Mother's Day portion. Ruth listens to dating advice from her adopted mother, and it works. Boaz, this wealthy landowner, who's noticed Ruth already, now is intent on seeing if he can marry her. Now, there's a whole legal procedure about how all that will work. That piece of land that has debt on it, that's technically belonging to Naomi because it belonged to her husband, Basically, the oldest or the closest male relative needs to redeem that land, pay off the debt, put it back into production for the family. But if you say, I'm the closest male relative and I'm going to get that land, you also are obligated to the Leverett Law. I know this is way more Law of Moses stuff than you want, but the Leverett Law says, if your close relative dies you need to marry his widow and raise up children. So you need to marry Ruth if you take this land. So Boaz arranges everything, he gets a bunch of witnesses at the city gate in chapter 4. And he says, so in front of everybody I'm just asking, do you want the land? He says, yeah, I'm going to I'll pay off the debt of the land, I'll get it. So that means you got to marry Ruth. No. If she has a kid, they might inherit this land. That would put my estate in jeopardy. I don't want to marry her. I don't want that obligation. Therefore, I don't want to uh, get the land either. And Boaz says, okay. He hands him a sandal. I don't know why. And Boaz with the sandal says, Okay, I redeem the land and I marry Ruth. And sure enough, that's what happens. Here's the end of the story. Look down in chapter 4, verse 13. Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he was with her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. And the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a close kinsman or a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who's better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms, and she cared for him. And the women, women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He's the father of Jesse, the father of David. What did Naomi say when she came back to Bethlehem? The women said, is this really that pleasant woman Naomi who left us years ago? Naomi said, no. Don't even call me Naomi anymore. I'm not pleasant anymore. I'm bitter. Just Just make that my name, Bitter. If they had printed t-shirts back there, she would have had Bitter. (laughs) That's me. That's who Ruth was taking care of for all this time. What's Naomi now? She's herself again. It's the last lesson I want to leave you. Through Ruth's faithful love, a bitter woman is restored to her pleasant self. Love has easy bits, it has hard bits. One of the hard bits of love is to be faithful, even when things aren't going well, and the people that you're loving are kind of tough to be around. But faithful love has a power, it doesn't always work. But faithful love has this ability to get in and turn somebody around. And here we have that in the little bitty story of Ruth and Naomi. Naomi is restored back to who she really was, this pleasant woman, Naomi, because of the faithfulness of the love of Ruth. God's trying to do that with you and with me, Every day of our lives. If you're a a Christian, then he has given his son in faithful love, in spite of the mess we've made of our lives, he has given his son to redeem us and to pull us back to who we are really meant to be. To put our feet back on solid ground and to save us from the pit faithful love and we mess up and we fail and we make God's life bitter he stays faithful he sends us his word to rebuke us he sends us his people to counsel us he sends us his comforters in the form of the Holy Spirit and the people of God, God is faithful to us in hopes of winning us back to him. And brothers and sisters, as God affects you with his faithful love, he means for you to affect those around you with your own reflection of his faithful love. It's easy to love the people that are easy. It's fun to love the pleasant people in your life. There are some people right now in your life that are hard to love. And your love needs to be hard enough to give them love anyway, to be faithful, and to hopefully bring them out the other side. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the blessings of your faithfulness to us, your faithful love. God, we are well aware of what we are in your sight. And we know we don't deserve what you've done. It's not because of us. It's because of your love and your promises. We are so grateful that you are a faithful lover. And God, through the power of your spirit, Through the leading of your word, help us to learn to exercise faithful love to those around us. These things we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. If you need to respond to God's invitation to join his community of love, if you need today to receive baptism, to have your sins washed away and to begin to walk in that new light, or if you need prayers for any other thing, we invite you to come forward. Tell us what we can do for you